This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to episode 32 of the Elm Park Rolls podcast. My name is Paul Mount and I'll be hosting the show today. Well, it's been another typical week in the world of RFC this season. We've managed to defy the odds and actually lose a match and still end up in a better position. To help me talk about this week, I've been joined by Jonathan Lowe of Get Ready. Hello, good evening. And I've also been joined by Jacob Southcline. Hello all, hello. I'm safely <laughs> returned from the north now. But, uh, <laughs> we're, we're happy to hear that. <laughs> no, I'm just projecting myself into your living room, I'm sort yeah. of astrally projecting, I'm not actually here. I never made it back from Sheffield Wednesday. No, let's move on. Yeah, Sorry, that's yeah. enough now. <laughs> <laughs> and also, uh, first uh, appearance for Sam Stevenson. Hello. Debut. Hi, Sam. Um, so, let's go back to Sheffield Wednesday on Saturday, which was pretty much a standard Reading performance this season. Absolutely just didn't bother turning up, really, did mm-hmm. they? Jonathan, you were there. What did you think of yeah, it? Yeah, um, it was pretty painful stuff, really. Um, <laughs> Reading showed no attacking intent they were leaky at the back as they've been all season and thoroughly deserved to lose the game I'm afraid it was uh, very poor all round um, and considering Sheffield Wednesday had nothing to play for yeah. their season's basically over mm-hmm. they looked far more up for it um, and took the chances when they got them and, and Reading had a couple of half chances but that was that was all it and um yeah. Really, really disappointing. But uh, like you said, the the shining light out of it is that they've come out actually not too bad from it, and in a pretty strong position in terms of uh, in terms of the survival chances. And um, I think it just kind of summed up the season. And, and the sooner it's over, the better. I'm afraid. Yeah, definitely. I think it's yeah another one of those seasons when you just think, how much longer have we got to endure this? Mm. We've had two out of the last three now. Well, three out of the last four would be would just been abysmal, and it's a pattern that can't continue. But I don't know. I can't see it changing. Sam, what did you think of it? Um, pretty much the same as Jonathan. To be honest, it was flat. We had possession in the first half, but there was no intent. So it was very much you know get into the final third, pass across the front of the box, lose the ball, it will come back. We'd win it back, go forward again, and it was only when they got their first goal that they really started to push. Um, yeah. But we just couldn't, uh, you know, we switched off. As soon as that goal went in, that mm-hmm. was it. That was game over as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. What did you think, Jake? I mean, you know, just to echo the sentiments of the other two. I mean, I shouldn't be as astonished as I was, actually, considering we're down to the final two games of the season. But it was just so gutless. So gutless. And that's been the hallmark of the season, really. We're, we're so mentally and seemingly physically fragile. And... Um, 
what, what was telling for me was at, at the final whistle as the players were coming over to the away end they were all looking at the board at the other results you know they were all looking up at the screen um, to see how the other teams had done and I just think it's absolutely remarkable that we've gotten away with it for as long as we have you know for months now it seemed like we've been coasting and it would be almost understandable for us to be coasting if we we're in a position where we weren't relegation threatened. But we're still not mathematically safe with two games to go. And uh, we're so determined to string it out till the last minute. It really is frustrating because, uh, we, you know, the Reading way, they always leave us hanging on for either a promotion push, um, a playoff trophy or, you know, a relegation battle. But it's, it's, it's pretty draining being a Reading fan at the moment. Yeah, it's really draining. There are very few positives. Uh, the, the end is the positive, isn't mm. it? I mean, the other teams are the positive, aren't they? Mm. Because we are completely incapable of actually getting ourselves out of this. We put in two, three maybe performances when Clement first turned up, especially the two games against uh, QPR and mm. Preston. But since then, it's it's almost like that's enough from them. They just kind of switched off almost. Have a good game it's and then really have a game like, That's too yeah. much. We can't expect three good performances in a month. I think I think the odd thing is that this squad of players that people look at now and, and Slate, probably, you know, rightly so, beginning of the season, they were inconsistent, but they weren't awful. Um, it was probably that Cardiff game um, when things really started to fall apart, when Cardiff came back last 10 minutes or so, I think. Um and I think that started that run of one win in 18, 19 games. Um, but yeah, other than that, I, I can't work out where everything completely fell apart. I can't understand how a squad goes from being inconsistent, not great, but not awful, to probably the worst team in the league second half of the season. Um, and the fact everyone below us has caught us up, I guess, is testament to that, right? Yes, yeah, certainly. I mean, it, that Cardiff game is just so massive in the whole season. But yet again, that Tomlin has had an effect by scoring the goal last <laughs> yeah. night, yeah. which is quite amazing how he's impacted the whole season. What he's, did you think? He's of it? the puppet master, you know, pulling the strings. Yeah, the he is. <laughs> so, something, something that I noticed that after the match on uh, Saturday, which all managers seem to do Clement comes out and says the normal things that a manager will say the fitness needs to be worked on which he then said oh I don't want to talk about it but then he then continued to yeah. talk about it <laughs> and also said about how the players can't keep shape and they don't have the mindset and concentration which I've seen from multiple managers I remember having this yeah. discussion with Nigel Atkins it's just it's so frustrating when you look at the players you think they don't look that bad but they don't seem to be able to pull it together and they seem to have signed a lot of players who are kind of nice, yeah. very nice, but don't have that grit. There's none of that determination in most of the players. I had this conversation with someone on Twitter last night where I I made the point that you did a second ago, Paul, about um, how three out of the last four seasons have really been pretty awful with the exception of last year, which led me on to ask, are we actually that good? You know, are, yes. are we as good a team that we think think we are on paper? And someone came straight back to me and said, "We've spent twenty million pounds on paper. We've got some players that you know would slot into a top six team potentially, but it's not played on paper. And you know, if were it not for the the names of some people in the group and the pedigree that they've had in terms of their footballing upbringing, you know, in the case it came from the Manchester United Academy, in the case of Tyler Blackett, or the Chelsea Academy, in the case of John Swift, or the City Academy, in the case of George Evans, you know, it's, it, they, I think we really, really average, we've got an average squad pool, and yes. uh, it's, it's really important what happens in the summer, 
because we're on the precipice of being a poor team or a brilliant team and you know the recruitment could swing it either way for me and that's so, that's why it's so important that this summer we get it right yeah I think this is a massive summer I mean I saw an article from Jonathan uh, last week I think it was saying that players are going to be out of contract we've got so many players that we need to move on that are going to be out of contract and I can't see any of them actually saying staying it was a uh, Remmers Popper Mendes Quinn Rackles Jacola. I think all of those are going to go I mean Popper's got one more year but I think he's probably going to go Blackett it looks like he's probably going to go but the thing is, we've got so many other players that it's all well and good when saying we want to get rid of them, but who's going to buy them? Yeah. Well, that's the thing, it's, yeah. it's a squad of individuals for the most part, isn't it? Yeah. And, yes. Um, yeah. I, I still believe that there is kind of a, uh, a good core there, mm. and if they can get them fit and playing you know, well on a regular basis, then they've, they've got you know, top 10, top 16 perhaps. Um, and like Jacob said, a couple of good recruits in the summer, rather than perhaps squad players in in terms of you know people like Edwards and Bakuna, yeah. who kind of slot in to do a good job but not going to pull up any trees. No, no. Um, and then coupled with the likes of you know, if you get a good season out of Barrow and Aluko, mm-hmm. those two wing- those two wingers could yeah. be the best wingers in the division. Yeah. But. When they're stuck in this rut as they're in, it's very, very difficult to get out of it. And uh, you know whether it's physical problem, mental problem as well. Mm. They just, uh, you know, you'd hope a clean break over the summer for everyone. I think because you know a lot of them played obviously through to the playoff final last year. Um, All right, they haven't had many cup games this season, but it's you know it's another long old slog for the championship. And Mm. I think it's. will do them a world of good just to get four or five weeks completely away from football and come back refreshed and you know ready to kick on next year yeah Yeah, I think confidence is such a major factor I think if we start the season well again as we've seen in so many championship teams we see it with Cardiff this season been the season before if you start well and keep the momentum Mm. until October and November it's amazing what you can do players can play well above their actual levels it's just crazy how it's almost an unstoppable train and we've seen the complete reverse this season we never got going no never never really we had some good performances um, saying to Sam before we started about we both agreed the game against Villa at home yeah. and Forest. Yeah. Those games were signs of actual improvement from last season. Absolutely. And even even, you know, the Cardiff game, the aforementioned mm. Cardiff game, that first 60, 70 minutes we looked really, really good. Um we went away to Sunderland. Admittedly they had a player sent off, but we still got a, a, yeah. a pretty good win there. Um so there were bright points earlier. And that's that's the that's what really confuses me about this squad because it felt like even up to that Burton game, um, the 500th game, I think it was at Medeski, um, if we'd won that game, it felt like you know we were still close enough to the playoffs mm. that we could have had a little bit of a push with the right recruitment in January. But it just, we had, we had loss after loss after loss and suddenly mm. we found ourselves further and further away. It was harder to get the right players in. Um, but, you know, you know, talking of the squad, in, you know, itself, it, it's hard to completely rip it to shreds because... They have shown that they can do it, um, so it's hard to know whether it's the players individually, the manager, the ideas. I, I don't know. I think that compounds people's frustration. Actually, the fact that you know we have got the context of last season, even though we want to try and get away from that now and live in the present, having 
seen what almost the same squad, barring all the injuries we've had, which is another factor, having had the same squad do so remarkably last season, and then for them to come up at the other end of the spectrum this year, I think just sort of compounds the frustration around the whole place, not just with the fans, but the players know they can do better, the management. You know, imagine being Yap Stam and thinking, you know, where has it gone wrong this year? And it's, it's it, I think it almost, we maybe would have had more of a forgiving eye and less pent-up frustration if we hadn't done as well last year, as converse as that sounds. Um, but, you know, we have to take stock of where we are and we've just got to make sure we don't do even worse next year, which is conceivable at this point. Cause it we, definitely is. We really have been saved by the likes of Barnsley not winning, not winning when they really have to. I mean, if they'd won last night against Forest, you know, we would have really had the pressure on going into Ipswich on Saturday. So um we've had we've had runs of bad luck and you know, in terms of the injuries, um and Elphick getting injured in January. But we've also had a run of good luck, uh, if you look at the teams below us. Because yeah. you you're not telling me that one of either Barnsley, Bolton, uh even you know, the Burtons and the Sunderlands, you know, could have really given us a run for the money going into this last quarter of the season, but they haven't, and it, none of them have. It feels like if the game, if the, sorry, if the season was five, maybe ten games longer, we'd be down, mm-hmm. 100%. Um, I think it really does, it really does show when you look at the amount of points the teams at the bottom have, have made up um, to catch to catch us from where we were at, at Christmas. Um Given given another five games or so, I think we would have almost certainly been down, even with Clement in charge. Yeah. Um, I think we're quite lucky that that things went the way they did. I think we're lucky we had a few good results first half of the season. Um, but yeah, I think you know we we really have been one of the worst teams uh, since Definitely. Christmas. We, uh, no, we are not in a full position. <laughs> no, absolutely not. No, we deserve to be where we are. And if anything showed the frustration more than anything it was the sending off of Tyler Black oh yeah sure that was just pure frustration I mean mm. when you see that from a player I mean that, that's not really the behaviour you see from him whatever you say about him no. he can make mistakes and I think he always looks much better when you play him in a three or a centre back but mm. that was just ridiculous just yeah. kicking out like that after he'd made terrible mistakes throughout the game <laughs> season's not been good for him no it all came out then but it's kind of the yeah. same same thing we had with Bakuna the other week, isn't it? Yes. It's, it's kind of late frustration, you know. Yeah. You're, you're losing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You you need the points. You're you're, you're struggling down the bottom of, of mm. the league, and I think this is probably a build up. I don't think it's just a one off game. And Blackett in particular has been singled out, yeah. um, rightly or wrongly, for performances. And I'm not saying what he did was right, um, but it looked like it was just pent up frustration. Um, mm. And and yeah, I don't think he expected to be sent off either, to be honest. But it's actually in his defence, he, he was slightly kicked. Yeah, he, he was. He was, was when, yeah. when I think uh, the Sheffield Wednesday player was on the ground. Yeah. Well, no, he was on the ground and he got a little mm. prod. And you know, I know that doesn't. Uh, when the referees got that, well, the ref had that whole stand behind him, baying for Black to be yeah. sent off, as well as Sheffield Wednesday players surrounding the ref. Um, it was always going to be a record. But card. Jonathan's right because you know it had we as a team been in a better headspace or been in less of a threatening position or had a better season, Blackett might have risen above that. But the the fact that you know we have been 
I mean, I say we've been under pressure, and we have been under pressure, but the players as I haven't necessarily necessarily shown it in the in the urgency of their performance. But you can you can tell they're feeling it because you have moments like that with Blackett, and he's that's not typical of him. We know that, and also an experienced professional like Kermigan, you know, who who was another one of our four players to be dismissed in recent weeks. You know, Kermigan's thirty five has played for years and years and years and you know he will have been as disappointed as we are so it's uncharacteristic of the players we've got but the reality is different so yeah it's just almost as if they want to show fight I mean maybe not so much with Tyler Blackett but with the Kermigan one that was a classic person someone trying to put in tackles which they both deserved a booking yeah Bakuna another one that was deserved yeah. Blackett deserved Edwards another stupid one yeah. it's like they're trying to prove that they can put fight in yeah and something maybe they haven't shown for a while some of them mm. <laughs> yeah kind of, I mean Dave Ebbers has been sent off the first, is that the first time in his career yeah, yeah. he was very yeah. quick to say that in his yeah statement, so but, clearly yeah. he's not a player he's I'm got that in his am game am I right I think Clement hadn't had a player that he'd overseen sent off <laughs> up to that not point right. as well not as Swansea or Derby so wow so again like he's come to Reading and had attack. four <laughs> sendings off in it's amazing in, uh, that is yeah. amazing, wow giving Tim Deller a run for his money with this yeah top stats in there Amazing. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. People listening to the EPR podcast, you know, don't say that we never teach you anything because that's, <laughs> well, you know, that that's the one time. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Well, that was and it. we're up to episode, what, 30 something now? 7,000. So, <laughs> yeah. We'll get there, though. So, yeah, yeah after the. Sorry, sorry just, just on that. I mean, maybe that if you had someone like McShane or maybe Elphick on the pitch during these moments. Mm. You could have maybe had a quiet word with them when they yeah. do their yellow cards. Yes. Calm down, lads. But because Calm there's no, no real leader. No. I mean, Gunter's captain, but he's not the type of person who would do that. No. Liam Moore's the only alternative and not quite sure whether he's a leader yet. No. Hmm. So, um, again, that's just you know, another one of the kind of the, the lack of someone just hmm. telling players how it is, bossing them around telling them what's right and wrong in terms of the leadership I'm quite pleased how Clement seemed to seems to have responded to instance like that um, whereas I think Stam would have minced his words slightly more in the press I think I'm fair to say that or like mm-hmm. he, he wouldn't have outright come out and said that he was as disappointed as he probably was whereas Clement after Sheffield Wednesday came out and was livid you know he was he was yeah. He really hung him out to dry, not in terms of you know just the goals, but also the fitness. He said a couple of missed tackles, and that's not good enough, and whatever. So, in terms of like having a you know an incentive for you know doing you, <laughs> I don't want to say doing your job because I know they're professionals, but you know Clement's not going to let them get away with anything, and I no. think he's going to work them hard, and I know Nigel Gibbs is going to work them hard. Yes. on the training yeah, pitch no fears on that. so um, it's I, I feel like now even though there aren't necessarily the leaders on the pitch I feel like we have got leaders off the pitch now which gives me slightly more optimism going into the summer yeah Clement needs to keep everyone on side on the fans on side mm-hmm. because yeah. we're going through I mean we had initially two or three okay results performances but since then it's been bad really yeah. bad and I know you can't suddenly turn it around but you need to start off next season showing something I'm not expecting us to make a promotion charge or anything but we need to show that we've learned some lessons mm. and he needs to keep fans on the side and he needs to so that I'm not accepting this 
that if nothing happens to change it, he's going to get the same criticism that Yap gets in September, October, because it can soon change. And, and it will be yes. deserved at that point. Yes, but but at the, you know, when yeah. he came, when when Clement came in, he said all the right things, right? About yeah. we just need to get to the end of the season. We're going to use the experienced players to to get us there, yeah. um, and we'll just do what we have to do. Mm. Um, but if if this carries on into next year, you know, as as with any manager, any criticism will probably be deserved. But we'll see what happens. No, definitely, yeah, you can't predict, can you? I mean, when he came in, I thought we had a seventy five percent chance of going down. Yeah. So you shan't shan't forget that. It doesn't matter how you do it. It's if you mm. do it. If he if yeah. he hadn't have come in, I think we would have gone down. I can't see that Stan would have picked up six points. I think. No, I think in a way. Sure. I don't think so. It's, no. It's, Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because I've, I've one of the things I've seen on the internet every well when we beat uh, Preston and when we picked up those couple of early wins under Clement, um, what someone came out, a few people came out and said, oh, we wouldn't have won that game under Stam, or we wouldn't have drawn that game under Stam, and whatever. And, and you know, it's kind of irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of in the past. I mean, it's Sunderland game's an example of a match that we would have lost, but that's not true because we did virtually the same thing exactly. against Derby. Only a few yeah. weeks before, but it was the winning the matches Absolutely. that made the difference. Coming back and drawing, no, we did that. Understand? Mm. We I, definitely did. We did. I mean, I feel like we got the bounce effect that I assume that the owners will have wanted in hitting the panic button and you know getting Stam out the door. We did get the couple of emergency wins because had we not even got one of those, you know, we would really been staring at the abyss now. Well, the, the, sorry, um, the, 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 the QPR. Well, that was the oh, one, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely. Had they scored that penalty? Yeah, that's that was. Who knows what, what effect? Absolutely. That um, that's the biggest moment of the season, isn't it? I would, I would yeah. say so. Yeah, yeah. quite yeah. easily. That in yeah. terms of turning points, that was it. Because had we not got a result in that game, you know, we would have carried over that negative sentiment into the next games, and also mathematically, we would have been worse off. Uh, so. You know, it, it it is what it is, and we've we've got Clement in charge now. And like he said when he came in, we just have to get to the summer. Yeah, yeah. yeah you can't suddenly say he's going to change the whole team, and we're all going to become brilliant players and we play beautiful football because it was never going to happen. No. One never. of the things, one of the things Clement has done that's impressed me is at least at home, if we ignore the away uh, results. Um, the three teams we've played at home under Clement, four teams, three teams uh, we've yeah. played under Clement. We've we've looked okay, and I think. We've got the two wins, we've got the draw, and we tended to struggle against some of the weaker teams, understand? Mm. Understand, we tended to do better, I think, against the teams that were open and would come at us. Yeah. Whereas Clement has just set us up to try and grind out results, um, mm. even against the weaker teams that we might have struggled you know, against before. Um, he's kind of managed to evade the pressure a little bit as well, I think. Um, and we've looked okay in those games. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, early stages, it, it looks like he's trying to change things, which is good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think um, we just have to see it goes in the summer, won't yeah. we? And we all just want to get there, don't we, really? So, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> quite, <laughs> quite sad how, you know, we've, we've spent so many seasons recently just willing it to end. <laughs> well, last you know, season. With oh, the exception of, oh, you know. I almost want willing that to end as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah. But, you know, you, there are some teams in this league, and we've had it before, you know, with, with seasons where we've done well. You, you don't want it to end because you, f- you feel like you're riding mm. the crest of a wave, but we have not really had that feeling with the exception of last year. And I, I know we keep on saying with the exception of last year, when we got to a playoff final, finished mm. third, were brilliant. But all that aside, we can't seem to sustain it. And I think that's in part due to the 
continued change at the club, not just in terms of the players, but mm. you know, we have I think the average amount of time a ready manager's been in charge recently is a year and a bit, year and a half. Yeah. Um, so we really need to start thinking about the long term now. I think you raised this point, Paul. Um, we need to actually build something. I think that's what just... they they wanted to do. Understand? Though, yeah, right? I completely and, agree. Yeah. Um, and it, it's a shame in a way that that ended the way it did. But you kind of got to give some props, I guess, to the owners for holding off as long as they could because many other clubs would have just oh, they cut and changed. Yeah. yeah, they didn't go too early. No one could say that. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I mean, it definitely no. went on too long. Yes. But no, know. no, I think, I think I'd rather have an owner that holds on a little bit too long mm. than too soon In if you have them you, for a period of time because it's just chaos. You did feel like there, yeah. were, there were a few results. There was like one or two weekends that went against Sam and actually I think the owners probably would have preferred to have held on to him till the end of the year we evaluated over the summer and then yes. gone from there but I think it was just I remember having the conversation with you Jonathan um, when we were doing one of the uh, Get Reading lunchtime Q&A's yeah. and we said um, just just dropping in the you know the brand uh, promotion there <laughs> wow they just yeah, got to yeah. sprinkle it in where I can um, I, we, we said then we think we he, we thought he'd stick it out till the end of the season, provided it didn't get worse. But like Sam, like you were saying there, Sam, um, there were a couple of weekends where a team got a result, like Birmingham or Barnsley, and it just inches a little bit closer. So um, I, I think if we had kept a little bit of a buffer between us, if we'd had a poor season but not a disastrous one, he probably would still be here, for better or worse. That's the thing. I was saying that week after week, if they just picked up the one win, yeah. it would have dragged feasibly Sheffield Wednesday back yeah. into the mix, Forest Absolutely. back into the mix, mm-hmm. QPR back into the mix. And we just kept saying that week after week, and they had they kept having the opportunity to, to do that. Yeah, one win. Just one win. They just let just you down, Jonathan. <laughs> because the others weren't pulling away. And no, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Just the kind of psychological effect of having others belay them, and it could have just triggered a couple of results. Mm. Um, yeah, completely. Never materialised. Yeah. No, I mean, the, I still think one of the major reasons why he went was because of the Birmingham winning. Yeah. yeah. Just pushed the pressure on so Gary much Monk. more. Gary Monk. Made, Gary Monk ruins <laughs> it everything. made it reality, didn't yeah. it? And uh, wow. So, yeah, moving on to quickly on EPR3 uh, reaction after the game against Sheffield Wednesday, you'd be surprised to hear that they weren't that positive. <laughs> uh, no. I've tried to find um, ones that I can actually read out. Yes, <laughs> most of them are quite abusive, but I've gone with the ones that are okay. <laughs> so they're from Paul Turner, spineless, passionless, and uh, gutless. That's pretty That's much fair enough. Selection, yeah, yeah, bad beyond belief from uh, Eric Oregard. Uh, Robert Stevens, which we were saying earlier, massive overhaul coming. So I think it will be in the summer. A really. change is coming. A yeah, just is coming. Switch, which <laughs> now is a little bit easier now that Barnsley obviously lost last night. And uh, I'd like to put on record my thanks to Nottingham Forest. <laughs> it was quite, it was quite entertaining because I, mean, I was following along with the uh, live updates, and mm. it was fascinating because every time that either Barnsley or Forest would put out a tweet. You had an assortment of Barnsley fans, Reading fans, and Bolton <laughs> <Yeah>. fans <laughs> all like tweeting it, yeah. their own like permutations, yeah. saying like, "Come on, this come is on, that's, this is amazing." You know, that's that's uh, you know testament to the unifying power of football. You know, when you've got three separate teams absolutely willing on 
Barnsley and Forest in a relatively uneventful Tuesday night fixture in April, you know, and you've got three separate sets of fans, you know. Oh, it's when it gets man. interesting, there isn't this time. Yeah. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. I mean, Top and one thing I yeah. one thing I really, really, really don't want to happen is I mean, it's two points, isn't it? We need for us to be safe. One, one, or is it one, one, yeah. one? But then there's still the goal difference. I think two would eradicate goal difference in terms yeah. of the. So if we do against Ipswich, get the win. I pray, I pray to anyone listening. Can we not have a pitch invasion? Because it it would be awful. That's like the equivalent of Arsenal celebrating for coming fourth, or Reading celebrating for coming seventh and missing out on the playoffs. I dare say. So can we not? Can we not? Because that would really cap off what would be a miserable season. Uh, and I feel sorry for the groundsman above all, if you're listening. So, I um, think what would cap off the season beautifully would be if we stopped uh, Neil Warnock. I use uh, his proper name on the last day for an automatic promotion. Sorry. You went there. Oh, I'd love that. Because oh, we sort of had that yeah. a couple of years ago, didn't we, where Steve McLaren's derby... We went up yes. to Pride Park, yes. or the iPro as it was called then, mm. and um, they were at one point in the season in classic derby fashion were on for automatic, weren't they? And yes. um, had this inexorable slide down the table from January, and because we beat them on the last day, I think it was three one. Mm. Michael Hector scored. Yeah, he miraculously. Did. A cleary penalty. Yeah, what a vintage, vintage yeah. day oh, in the life of running away. He scored as well. Yes, quasy, quasy after. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the forgotten man. Yeah, both Sue and Stacey both, both had blinders. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and um, yeah. because Steve, we. Steve Clark, was it, I think? Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, it's a good, that good question. That. No, yeah. was that? Was it Clark or was it Latter Day McDermott? Sounds like a denomination of Christianity, doesn't it? It must have been Clark. Yeah, Yeah, the Clark years, not that long ago. But yeah, because we beat Derby on the last day of the season, we spoiled their party because I think they're on for sixth and they finished eighth. So, you know, lightning strikes twice, I think. You know, we go to Cardiff, we stuff them 4 0. Warnock starts okay. crying. Yeah. Okay. You know? yeah. Now you are going some kind of <laughs> fancy land. Yeah. Yeah. Stay off whatever I've been having, everyone. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. So uh, now we talk about the self stand, and uh, you should stay off what you've been drinking before <laughs> tonight <laughs> on there oh, on uh, Saturday. So Sam Stevenson was obviously with us uh, tonight, and I thought it'd be good to have him on the show. And he will talk about the Club 187, as it's called on Twitter. I don't think you actually have to have that on your uh, jumper when you go on. <laughs> merch, <laughs> merch. I'm yeah. a member. And talk about the whole, how it started, who was behind it, and what the kind of, what you're hoping to achieve. What do you think, Nassim? What, what is, how do you think it's going? Um, so, I think if I start at the beginning, I guess where it all started. So, mm. we were having dialogue with the club um, about a variety of things, the match day experience in general. Um, one of the things that came out of that, and there was a group of, of fans involved, was the fan zone outside the East Stand. Um, so, I, I'd say that's a positive, at least when the sun's out. Definitely. Mm. Um, yeah, definitely yeah. Which, is, which is obviously good. Um, but then a group of, uh, of us kind of came away from that a little bit, had a chat about what we could do in the ground to try and improve things. I think at the time, the atmosphere had turned negative. It wasn't just, it wasn't just you know, a bad atmosphere. It was actively negative. Certain players were berated as soon as they came on the field. It, just, it was not nice. It was kind of a nasty atmosphere. So we thought, 
what can we do? Um, we looked at European clubs uh, and what they do, which is obviously, I, I know one of the things they use the megaphone, that wasn't obviously a key part of our discussion. Um, <laughs> but it was it was about positivity, I guess. So my brother had been to Hamburg um, and they were doing terribly badly in the league, um, but their fans went at it all I've game. I've been to Hamburg, yeah. which is it was amazing. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, that's obviously an example yes. of a club that do it right. I think Germany... Yes. Is probably the example, right, that you want to use. I think yeah. European clubs in general, the atmospheres can be amazing, but Germany is, is really the kind of beacon of light. Um, so we thought, right, what is it they do? What is it that we do? And we decided we were going to try and stay positive about the team for 90 minutes. And, and that was it, really. That was the plan. So we went to the club. We said, what can we do? Um, and they suggested using the South Stand. It was basically logistical, more than anything. Uh, it meant we weren't displacing anybody else. Yeah. Um, but away teams hadn't sold their allocation. Initially, it was just for the Preston game. That worked reasonably well, and we got quite a lot of positive feedback. Um, so we decided to grow it, um, and we got up to about 140, 150 for the Sunderland game. Um, and then... For the Ipswich game this weekend, we've got about 220 so far, um, and we're we're closing it off later tonight. Um, so um, we've seen a grow a growing a growth in supporters. Sorry, um, each game, and that's great. Um, and and we feel like for the most part it's been positive, um, which is really good. The players have reacted in a in a positive fashion, um, and the club are pretty happy with it as well. Um, and, and that's really where we are at the moment to be honest um, yeah I've seen comments from you saying about the players being very positive yeah. I've seen comments from an article that Jonathan did from Chris Gunter saying that he really liked the idea mm. of the South Stand and being split because he finds it I'm not sure if he used the word difficult he finds <laughs> it more well man, he basically does that when you've got 4,000 away fans yeah. in yeah. that end yeah. it's goal. a disadvantage yeah. to the home team he thinks and yeah. he's even said that he asked the club to consider moving it. So Southstand is another example of how that's helping the mm. players, not just because you're being positive, but actually it's a physical difference. It's Redden fans yeah. there, sure. not just why. I think yeah. as well it's it's pleasing that that response from the players has been, as far as I'm aware, organic. You know, I mean, it, it could have been, with my cynical hat on, yeah. you know, someone in the PR department of the club could have said, right guys, you know, we... This is something I want to get off the ground. Everyone get on Twitter and say something nice about it. But I genuinely do not think that's the case. Um, you know, players have gone out of their way, such as Chris Gunter, Gareth McCleary posted something on his social media saying that it was supported. And, that, and you know, it's obviously what it is at the moment is not its polished, final, perfect, no. all-encompassing form. And I think also the fact that there is an appreciation of that from most people, that it is a means to an end, means that people are more willing to get behind it. Uh, and like Sam was saying, that you know I was lucky enough to be invited for the, the, the Preston game, and since then the fact that it's grown by almost five times yeah. in the spaces for two games is really amazing. And I think in, for you, Sam, that must exceed any expectations you had going into it I don't know the thing is we didn't have any expectations we didn't know quite what was going to happen and some of the reactions have been quite interesting because there's a lot of people who think it's club led there's a lot of people who think that the fans there are entitled but actually all we wanted to do was have a a laugh um, hopefully make some noise and you know uh, and grow it as much as we could Um, and that's really it you know it's that simple Um, 
and and it's been great so far it's been really good um there have been a few people that are that are not happy with it and not on side with it but for the most part um the vast majority of people have, have enjoyed it and want to get involved with it and even if they don't they're backing it anyway yeah. and that's great that's really yeah good. and you're always going to get people who are going to be critical of it for mm. a multitude of reasons which Absolutely. you go forever and there's going to be people who don't like it and that's it yep. you're never going to convince those people but if i say i would say on anything like they say with the podcast or the site that mm. I do if you're going to say something bad about it be constructive yeah. say yeah. to me what the problem is yeah. and how you can change that yeah. rather than just saying something is rubbish because that doesn't really achieve anything that's just you ranting at someone absolutely I, mean, <laughs> I need to know what the problem is I think it's it's really testament to what can be done because it, I think you know for every load of positive comments you get that one negative comment is it has got to like not put you off and I don't think that has happened I think it really took a group to go along with thick, thick skin and some bravado and you know recognize that it's not necessarily about the individual and it's about building something more that benefits everyone and I'm just really glad to see it come off the ground like it has uh, t- take it from someone who hides in bushes <laughs> you have got to have thick skin to occasionally go against the grain and do something a bit out there but the, the fruits of it can be so worth it and that that's why I'm, I'm so glad that it, we are where we are with it now and I'm also grateful to be invited along because this is you know I've, I've got nothing to gain or lose in, in terms of what I think of it personally but from what I've enjoyed on a match day in the South Stand, it's been so such a good thing, such a good thing. You know, so like like-minded vocal fans um, being able to have the option to get behind their team in a different way. Um, I think it's about choice. Yeah, exactly. And, that is, um, that's it. It's not stopping anyone from totally having no other way of. Mm. Do having a match day? It's not sure. saying you can't do that. If you want yeah. to stand there and abuse the away fans, <laughs> which people do, not everyone, or if you want to stand there, sit there and not do anything, yeah. Yeah. which is perfectly what a lot of people do. You know, I'm not the most audible at games, so I'm not going to say that I am. Mm. But if you got involved, if I was against the Southland, you're going to be encouraged to sink as everyone else is. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's absolutely. the whole point of the Southland, as I see it as an outstander, outsider, not outstander. An outstander. <laughs> that's that we're having a fifth stand. Right to <laughs> the <laughs> the marginalised. <laughs> Outstanders. Yeah. Outstanders. Fantastic. We just christened the new word live on the podcast. Well, you see, you are learning stuff tonight, listeners. Aren't you? <laughs> the second, second one in one episode. Amazing. I think it's meant to do, unite people, not divide. That's yeah. the way I look at yeah. it. We Mate, would love, love not war. Yeah, we, yeah. Would, we would love you know, the way. So, I guess a good example is the drummer coming back last game. Right, the drummer managed to get people involved around the stadium. Yeah. we joined in with the drummer when he was when he was yeah. going and banging away. Um, I don't know how else to put that. I don't want <laughs> to goes the drum. But we'll get involved with that um, and we also, you know, want people to, to come along and get involved with us. Yeah. Um, the ideal scenario is that we start a chant, the stadium get involved, they start a chant, we get involved, you know, um, and, and we'll just see what happens. Yeah. But at the moment, mm. it, is, it is purely about making noise and getting behind the team and that's it. And, and we've come away from games when we haven't played that well and we've still enjoyed ourselves um it's about the match day experience isn't it yeah um, absolutely i think the timing of it as well for me the fact that it came off the ground for preston which was such an important game for us meant that you know it had that 
extra. I'm not for a minute suggesting that it, the 30 odd fans had an impact, <laughs> had <laughs> or a bearing did. on the result. But it Going. felt. But, yeah. <laughs> but but I feel like the timing of the initiative or the timing of it coming to fruition is also uh, a factor. Um, I think if it ha- had happened under the latter day days of Stam um, being in charge it might have been shot down in its infancy but yeah. I, th- I feel like it's been given an opportunity to flourish as well well so. it, it, like you said at times with Clement coming in it's a new style of football it's yeah. a new manager it's a, it's a new style. thing it's, 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 it's yeah. Um, yeah absolutely you can feel that in the whole stadium as well and I think the South Stand is just going to add to it I think if you have one group of fans that start singing, it sometimes creates another bunch because they think, oh, yeah. well, sure. why are they making the noise? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you see some, I've seen some resentment from Y25, Y26 people, mm. and they say they create all the atmosphere, and they have created the atmosphere in the last few years. That's undeniable. Yeah. But there's no reason why another bunch of people can't as well. Sure. They can't just be exclusive because they're saying, oh, well, you're in this exclusive bunch in the South there. Yeah. Well, they want to be exclusive in Y25, 26. The yeah. thing is as well, we've not, we've not excluded anybody. No, so we're not, not saying to them, don't come along. We're not saying yeah. to them, don't have an input. Um, and we're certainly not telling anyone what to do no, either. No. So um, everyone can enjoy the match day the way they want to. Um, mm. But yeah, you know, we're, we're, we're trying something new and, and it's working. Also, I feel like you might be right in saying it's open to feedback absolutely I mean I remember speaking to um, me and another person we spoke to a couple of people up at Sheffield Wednesday who were Reading fans and had an opinion about it and it's about taking feedback on board from all fans and because it is for it is for everyone Club 1871 is for the people Um, (laughs) (laughs) word Um, so you know um, it's this is not the final product but it's um, it's really good to see it not being um, completely shut down. No, because you know, I feel far from it. You're saying about it's not the final project. Let's talk about where it's going to be next season, how it's going to develop. Nobody really knows, do they, Sam? I mean, it's impossible to predict completely. Isn't no. It? So we've talked about what we want, um, and I think probably, if, if we're being honest, the next the next step is probably for us to go to the club and and say, here's our proposal. Here's what we want to do. Um, other people can have lim- an influence on that if they want to send us ideas. You know, whatever it is. Um, I know there's been a lot of division about the megaphone um, you know <laughs> I'm, I'm, burning I'm, the megaphone well, I'm happy it. to say on record that you know when we initially envisaged this we didn't say let's get a megaphone we didn't say let's get a drum we didn't say this is what we're going to do um, we only brought it in because we thought it would allow for some cohesion we thought you know we're such a small group of fans making noise was going to be tough keeping everyone singing at the same time was going to be tough um, so we brought it in and, and it's kind of worked and, and one thing that I think uh, other fans won't have noticed is that there have been sustained periods in games where we've put the megaphone down and we've tried to see if the, the atmosphere at the moment can naturally sustain itself and it is a bit of a struggle at the moment I'll be mm-hmm. honest um, that's why we're using it at the moment it's not to say that that's going to stay it's not to say it's going to go and it's the same with you know a drummer coming in maybe and helping out any anything you know whatever it is um, but I don't want people to think that we're trying to do things that are crazy or out there or, you know, for any reason other than we think it's going to make the atmosphere better. Mm. That's it. Um, and, and, and again, as, as we said earlier, if you don't like it, tell us what you'd like to yeah. see instead and, and we'll take it on board. 
Yeah, I think you're open, seem to be open to everything, all, all ideas. There's none of this, um, oh, we're in this. This is the image that's come out. It's an exclusive group. The Liam Moore coach thing, obviously, <laughs> yeah, stores, obviously hasn't helped with that because, well, you explain the situation. I mean, look, I, all, I, all I can say in regards to that is that um, obviously the players uh, have, have been behind this. Um, and one of the things that Liam Moore came to us directly, it wasn't through the club. Um, he came to one of the fans and said, I'd like to pay for a coach up to Sheffield. It'd be great if you could generate this atmosphere in Sheffield. And I know it's a long trip. I know it's expensive, but it, you know we want to try and get that for the last few games um, away from home. Um, and we said, you know, that's really, really nice of you. Yeah, and, of and took yeah. it on board. Um, I have no problem with the club obviously putting it out that's great PR for them. But again, I don't want people to think that we're actively seeking these things out we're not entitled we don't feel like we deserve no. this um it just happened and, and and to be honest it's one of those things that you know it's out there so we need to talk about it um but it, it's not something we sort out it's really not and it just happened it was a nice gesture from a it was fan, an active from, gen- it was, from a player it was an act of generosity really and yeah. I, we certainly weren't banking on that um and you know it was something that we couldn't turn down either because it'd be rude <laughs> and yeah. uh, and um but it it was a gesture that we all appreciated we had an absolutely amazing time yeah and um, even with a terrible result we had a great day yeah. out um, I had some wine and some avocado yeah publicly outed as yeah. the middle class sod that i am but um <laughs> we yeah won't mention who took the photo <laughs> <laughs> stitched up by one of my own i can't believe it yeah no, it, it seems to be very transparent to me, and I think people have this underlying concern that you're club puppets, and I'm not saying that you are, because I don't think you are. <laughs> but that is, you know, if I sit here and say everything's, you know, I have to give up what other people think as well. Yeah, sure. They're thinking these issues, and you're just going along, and they're telling you what to sing, and all these crazy ideas, I think, personally, because, you know, why would, why would they do well, that? I would, I would, <laughs> I I would say that, you know... Um, I can't say the club haven't been supportive. They've been mm. great. Everything we've gone to them it and said we want to do. It could happen without it. Yeah, absolutely. We'd get it, escorted it, out by stewards exactly. on mass. Um, yeah. <laughs> and as we said, we don't want to displace people from their seats. Saying to people, let's all gather in one area is almost impossible. I mean, if you've mm. been up to Y25, 26 in recent games, they're checking season tickets on the way in to make sure you're supposed to be there. Mm. Um, it, it's They're really, really hot on that stuff. Yeah. So we can't just move. We don't uh, all go to a stadium that's unreserved. So we had to ask for help. Mm-hmm. They've supported that and that's great. Um, but, you know, they're kind of, we're, we're taking the lead. We're, we're the ones who are saying, we want to do this, we want to do that. Can we have this? Can we have a megaphone? You know, um, <laughs> no. uh, what, no, I mean, what, whatever it is, you know, we're asking for stuff and they have been great. They have been supportive. But, um, but that just because they're supporting us doesn't mean they're coming to us and saying, you have to sing these songs, you know, stand up sit down do you know whatever it is it was the official song sheet only songs and from this list I think we've and, had yeah. ones that is that is an active you know if yeah. even though we're a fan led group I'm going to say here and now we're not allowing song sheets one of the things I guess I, I would like to address if it's okay, um, okay is the standing thing I've seen quite a few fans asking about um club policy on standing and what's going on in regards to that um, and just because I've seen it, it uh, you know it's been fairly prevalent on social media I just wanted to say that you know in terms of club policy everyone knows what that is it, it, it falls in line with the law there are laws in place that say you can't stand in stadiums that's just the way it is 
We also know that, I mean, I sit in Y25, 26, but I very rarely sit. Um, since I've moved over here, we've been standing. Any ground you go to in the country, the away fans will probably be standing and some of the home fans will be standing. Um, but depending on what the club policy on that is, um, that dictates that. Um, we haven't asked if we can stand up, but we haven't been told we have to sit down. That's kind of it. Thames really. Valley Police, if you're listening, this man's <laughs> name is Sam Stevenson. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yes. So, but it's it's a. I mean, it's especially topical given what's going on nationally now. I think that a government petition, you know, arguing for the case of safe standing has just reached 100k signatures. Yeah. So this is something which is, you know, the part of a bigger dialogue. Um, and I think whoever did raise the question on Twitter was within their rights to ask. Uh, but uh, until we have our wrists slapped um, <laughs> and we're put in our place like formally, I think we're all right. But um, you might want to edit that part out, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think it's okay. I think you're right. It's until somebody uh, does something about it, I mean, who knows what's going to happen. But I think, just kind of summing up, I think it's a positive going forward, a massive positive. I think you're doing a great job, Sam, and all the people that have founded it. Sure. Because it's trying to create some atmosphere in the stadium that really wasn't any atmosphere, and it was very negative. And that was what was creating the atmosphere more more than anything. And the players, if I I think if something has given the players 1% more chance in a game, that's got to be a positive. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, and I mean that's, that's you know, and seeing players come out and say that they they have noticed it is great. That's yeah. that's kind of what we want to see. So whether it's actually helping or not, who knows? But um, but yeah, people are noticing, and that's a good. Until thing. we have a Matt Mill situation where he jogs over some obscene gesture towards the sounds, then that'll be the day it ends. Yeah, <laughs> until that day yeah. comes, until that day comes. Yeah. Oh, they they need to keep on singing. <laughs> <laughs> Positivity till the end, even <laughs> cool. in the face of yeah. profanity. So you really should follow Club One Eight Seven One, and it sounds like it's closing up. What times are closing tonight? So um, I mean, get just get stuff into. I don't know yeah. when your podcast yeah, goes I'll put up. Put it out pretty much soon. That's right. Okay, it's, so it I mean, beat around the bush. If you're if out. you're listening today, um, yeah. just message uh, at Club Eighteen Seventy One on Twitter or search for the same page on Facebook. Um, Facebook? Send them. Send, we've got Facebook. Oh, got Facebook. Oh, We're multifaceted. Rupert Murdoch Empire. Club Eighteen Seventy One. Yeah, just just chuck messages in. Uh, we just need a, a season ticket or supporter number and a name um, and and some form of contact um, for at least one of your group. Um, and and we'll get you guys moved over, um, and you can come and join us and make a load of noise, and hopefully go home without a voice. Yeah, on back Saturday. the boys and make some noise. All of that. All of that. <laughs> You're going there a lot. I'm just here to like occasionally interrupt and heckle, heckle Sam. Basically, say the things we're all thinking, but don't say. It's, retali- <laughs> it's retaliation for avocado. Games. Yeah, I've got to I've got to settle the score. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, that's great. Thanks a lot, Sam, for. Uh, all that kind of stuff about the South Side because I think it's really important that people realise you are very transparent the whole group is it's not just you obviously it's other yeah. people as well it is a massive group yes, I, actually yes. that's one thing I want to say because yes. initially I was very hesitant to identify myself because I wanted it to <laughs> be a group thing not just because we've got a megaphone but also because <laughs> um, I think it is about the group and it is yeah. a fan thing and if you identify one or two people um, 
that whole super group or super yes. fans or whatever mm. thing or elitism yeah. it, you can identify individuals yeah. within that group and it, it makes it easier to make those claims but really it's it's a whole group of people that that set this up um yeah. and and there are a load of names attached to it and 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 i'm sure that will continue to grow as this goes on yeah um so i think yeah. it'd be great i think it could be really good next season really yeah. big mm. i hope so i really hope so. needed to be done yeah. wasn't it and and you know you've done really well in terms of keeping it going as well because like you like you said you know any few negative t- comments can put yeah. you off um, it's like being a journalist really a few like. critics and I mm. uh, think that uh, that's it but uh, now you kept it going and um, you know everything's got to start somewhere absolutely up in yeah. stages the smallest seed can grow into the biggest oak tree yeah Confucius he say but honestly seriously though um Jonathan's absolutely right in that it would be a self-fulfilling prophecy if you know you stopped at the first opportunity and the people that were criticizing saying it won't catch on it's a flash in the pan as soon as you take that to heart it would become a flash in the yeah. pan but you know to to people who've you know looked at a picture of our face and think oh it's just those attention seekers from Twitter and you know whatever you know these these beanocks on Twitter you know it's more than that and it's not about the individual it's for every um, Jacob Southkind there's oh, a commoner oh don't oh don't <laughs> there's someone on those no no I'm one, I'm one of the people I'm one of the lads yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen what you eat <laughs> oh dear no so we move on from that move on to the glory of relegation watch Woo. which is uh, such a lovely topic it's <laughs> so my favourite segment it is yeah so we've got Barnsley versus Brentford this Saturday we've obviously got Burton versus Bolton ideally we'd probably like to see Brentford win that and Bolton and then it's irrelevant what we do I mean I think we're probably going to be fine anyway what do you think Jonathan do you think we're going to be I've do you think we need one more point? Time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have. You're the only one. You're the only optimist. Yeah, you have definitely. Yeah, I think they'll. they'll I think by five pm Saturday they'll be safe. I'm not quite sure how they'll do it, but I think yeah. they they will. Um, I think they'll probably get. A, I think they'll probably be switch narrowly, and, and that'll be enough. And uh, and even uh, even a point's okay due to the goal difference. Yeah. Barnsley's the only one who can possibly catch them because. They're minus 23 and Reading are minus 18, I think, at the moment. Yes, so, it doesn't you know, too few, much of a swing, much of a Cardiff away. A few freak yeah. results, um, but, yeah, I think, I think they'll be okay. And quite amazing, really. I mean, it's just says it all that we're rubbish at being rubbish. Like, we, <laughs> you, know, we're, we, you know, we're not very good, but we're not quite bad enough. Yeah. You know, we had that with the two seasons when we finished 17th and 19th, yeah, though, didn't we? Yeah. And we kept on thinking, we're going to drop into it, we're going to drop into it. And remarkably, we just kept on just getting that one result. Yeah. We got the yeah. win at Charlton at 4 3. That's right, yeah. And Dennis Rackles. Yeah, Dennis yeah. Rackles. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. That minute, carnage. Iconic. Limbs everywhere. Dennis Hay. Yeah, he is, yeah. And I dirty name twice on this podcast now. We're the only ones keeping his memory alive. Yeah, keeping the Dennis Rackles flame burning. No, but it's it's interesting because you mentioned those two seasons, but they had redeeming qualities. Really, mm. we had that FA Cup semi final. I'm still not quite sure how that happened. No, um, no. I remember Charles Watts was reporting on that game, and I remember he was really trying to not celebrate when the goal went, <laughs> when the ball went between uh, Federici's yeah. legs. But Don't um, go there, no, and, and no. Um, but also we, I feel like I could be wrong, but I don't 
feel like there was as much imminent threat of relegation in those two years. No, it was, I think you're right. It was poor, but especially in that first season under Clark, when we were doing quite well at the beginning, yes, we, we, were. Were, um, we were banging in goals for fun. Uh, and then we just had that dramatic slide. It was the dialogue was more think of what could have been rather than this is terrible. We've never got going. We're going down. Yeah, you know. And, but saying that, I agree with Jonathan. I think got to a certain point once I'd realised that the teams below us were as useless as they are. <laughs> you know, and counting my lucky stars that we have had those teams below us this season because any other year we would have gone down. Blackburn got relegated with 52 points. Or 50 yeah, there points. was one a couple of years ago that stayed up with 42, but yeah, normally it's a absolutely. little bit Absolutely. So we've yes. been on thin ice, but remarkably it hasn't cracked. Um, I think we, we need a point. And Ipswich is an interesting one because they are in a state of flux themselves with McCarthy having gone unceremoniously. Um, so, you know, it's. I was not personally expecting us to beat Preston and we beat Preston and I'm more optimistic about us beating Ipswich. But then that's more dangerous because I thought we'd beat Sunderland. Yeah, so swings around. It's the lifespan <laughs> times Ipswich, of being a football fan. They are the perfect team to play. The manager's gone. One win six. They've got nothing to play for. Mm. They're completely safe. That is such a dangerous game for us because we're just on the beach as well. Yeah. So it's two teams with flip-flops. Against, uh, Sunderland, you know, they needed a result. Mm. So that that's why it was more difficult. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's true. Wednesday, <laughs> <laughs> I think, no, exactly. I think no, the, you're right, the narrative yeah. outside, kind of the Reading fan circle, has been that people genuinely didn't think we'd go down. Everyone I've spoken to at work has said, "You're not going down. Yeah. You'll be fine." I put a bet on with somebody that we might go down. <laughs> I'm not going to say we would because that Jesus. sounds really bad. <laughs> um, that's not positive. But no. you know what? We we were on such a slide. I just couldn't see us pulling out of it. And and when Birmingham got a couple of results here and there, and you start to see things, I thought well, this is just not good. And and mm. and uh, everybody else seemed to think we'd be fine. And and mm, it yeah. seems like it was only Reading fans that thought we're going down. We're done for. Mm. Um, it's always the nearest, though, isn't it? But mostly attached to it. And it's sure. Yeah. It's torn me. Because every time I read an interview, like I think Kelly gave an interview to the BBC last week saying, we're all right, we'll be fine, we're good enough. And I keep on mentioning this interview on this podcast, and it's the third time I've done it, but that Aluko interview on the BBC, (laughs) when he came out as well and said that we're we're in a false position, we shouldn't be where we are, we're too good to go down. You know, I'm paraphrasing. But um, that frustrated me as a fan because I didn't think we were too good to go down. No. But equally, I didn't. I didn't want us to go down. You yes. Know? Uh, so I've been in this sort of headspace where I want us to be frightened enough yeah. to think that we could have gone down, but I didn't want us to go. This down. is exactly how I felt. I felt that we've been just sauntering through. It's going to be fine, and this is shown in the last couple of performances. I, I didn't think we played that well against Sunderland, and no. I think Sunderland should have won that match. Sheffield Wednesday sounds like we were abysmal. We were. You kind of just. Relying and like you say, Jacob, the first thing they do when they come off the pitch, coming off the pitch, look at the score. Yeah. The other team, they're more worried about the other team yeah, sure. in some some way. Obviously, yeah. they're not completely. They go on the pitch and want to get results, but some of the players are really not focused at all. No, that's a major problem. I mean, I wouldn't say that about players like Lee Moore, Gunter, players like that. I know but then, but then, are, are are they definitely not? You know, I mean, they're coming yeah. out. And they're saying. I, I mean, with the interview that um, that Chris had with with yourself, Jonathan, he he'd said that you know he knows that the fans deserve more, and he knows they haven't been giving the performances that they should have been giving. 
But you know, just saying that doesn't mean anything, really, no, does it? The performances haven't been good enough, and everybody's contributed. There are some players who have been worse than others, yeah. but. You know, Liam Moore's had a, a patchy season, yeah, I'd definitely. argue. He's, yes. he's looked better in recent weeks and he yeah. started the season okay. But he's had, uh, you know, there was a big chunk in the middle of the season where he didn't look good at all. No, he was um, yeah. And I remember there was talk in January about him potentially leaving and West Ham sniffing about. And, and actually, the closer it got to January and after that Burton game and a few others, I yeah. thought there's no chance anyone's no. going to take that gamble. No. If you're um, a Premier League scout, you would have left at half time. So, yeah. This is what I've said about Liam Moore during that spell. It's everyone was saying, oh, he might go, he might go. And he might go in the summer. Somebody might get him for a, a re- quite a low price. But he hasn't looked good for big parts of this season. Sure. And these are the kind of games when if you're going to get that move, you've got to lead the team. Yeah. And you've got to be that player who's yeah. better than everyone else, regardless of what's you, going on. You guys have you. probably been saying this all yeah. season, as has everybody else. But it, it's the players that we lost over the summer mm. last season, more so than the players we brought in. The recruitment wasn't great, but the players we lost were probably more important. And I think that's where the, the you know, whatever you think about a player like Danny Williams and how yeah. good he was last season... Um, clearly we're now missing that kind of player definitely yeah. so um, and, and that's yeah yeah because when you have him you see his faults sure. but actually yeah. when he's gone yeah. you, you realise how much the best, energy the you put into yeah. the team yeah. and we don't have that player even a player like, just give everything for well, even a gem Carajan you know somebody yeah, just tears around ways, yeah. it doesn't matter yeah. whether they're necessarily the most but you look at the midfield now who would you have in there that is going to chase every ball going to win every header yeah. um, there's no one and, and the only player that comes marginally close to that you'd argue is Vandenberg and he's a red card waiting to happen every game at the moment he looks like he's completely off the pace mm-hmm. so there's no one there's no because no, I kept on hearing at the start of the season Bakuna was the new Daniel Williams he's totally different yeah. Yeah. he's that's, not the same that's the thing I mean, in terms of what I would love yeah. to see over the time or what I wouldn't love to see um, I think we spoke the other week about how didn't after after Stam got sacked, I think Dave Edwards came out and said he wasn't expecting to play the type of football that Stam wanted him to play. Mm. W- whatever players we bring over the summer have to be like willing to play Clement football, and it has to be a player that Clement actually wants to play in his system. We can't have squad signings, we can't have sideways signings that don't take us up a notch, and we can't have players that are square pegs and round holes. And I'd like to see players you know back fit and ready to just go again next year but this is all hypothetical of course because we're not safe yet and it could take a series of freak results but we, we just need a win against it yeah. Paul. we need a win against it just Switch. need to win in so many ways just not even worrying about the relegation just the win the last game of the season at home because otherwise I can't see us getting anything at Cardiff I just can't see that regardless of what Cardiff need or if they're up automatic already the they're just too good to beat us. They're going to beat us. Yeah, <laughs> so, well, if, if they yeah, don't... Should be a Joseph Mendes hat-trick now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I've told that, Jonathan. Yeah. Well, your predictions so far have been pretty good. If you get that one right... Yeah. <laughs> that's like... <Mystic> Jonathan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's kind of... Um, you know, obviously injuries have played a big part this season. And, you know, we mentioned Bakuna being a potential Danny Williams replacement. If... Uh, if Bakuna didn't need to slot in at right back and left back and wherever else he's played this season yeah. and he, he had a consistent run in central midfield maybe he could have been someone someone yeah. Like yeah. in Danny Williams' mould um, and you know, a few other players like like Edwards maybe have had to play a bit more of a defensive role as opposed mm. to attacking mm. 
you know, obviously we'll, we'll never know, but I don't think that's that's hasn't helped the players, hasn't no. helped the manager either. No, definitely not. The, the injury that we had to join the beat to just massively affected the whole season. We haven't got We've over had to that move people everywhere. Yeah, no, we have not addressed that in no. over forty games, no. which is quite stunning, really. <laughs> Well, um, the most weirdest thing about that was a gun to look better at left back than right back. Yeah, maybe it's maybe it's because well, you know, everyone needs a change every now and then. You know, maybe it was fresh for him. Maybe he rose to the challenger instead of you know. Maybe I'm getting into sports psychology now. <laughs> well, but, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, that's probably a different whole separate podcast, isn't it? Maybe maybe, yeah. maybe EPR podcast extra where yeah, I, where we get like a I qualified a sports psychologist yeah. to sit down and say, look, where have we gone wrong this season? Let's go into all this Freudian nonsense. Uh, yeah, I'm sure a dream analysis. Would be absolutely and, gaggy yeah. to do that. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. I'm pitching it now. We get a different player on each week. Yeah. They tell us what they've been dreaming about. The sports psychologist or dream interpreter says, right, this mm. is how you're feeling. This is what Clement needs to do to sort that out. And that's it. That's that's how yeah. that's how you can market the EPR <laughs> brand from now on, Paul. That's that's advice for nothing. You're getting that for free. It's a good one, Jacob. No. I'm so <laughs> Oh dear, we'll, we'll move on. <laughs> I'd like to do that. I'll tell you what, when the sign when we sign a player, you're in a bush, can you put that to the straight away? I'll have a survey printed yeah. out. And but when you think around. about signing, these no. this is what you're gonna have to do in the first couple of weeks. So, first of all, before you even start thinking about the club, there's a man who lives near the station, he's called Paul. Yeah. <laughs> this is where he lives. You're expected to come here every Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. There we go. I'm sure I'm sure that won't scare him off at all. No, no. Never no. gonna get a bush what scoop ever again at this rate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's move back to reality. <laughs> Slowly. So we've got Ipswich. What do we think then? Prediction, Jacob. I'm gonna go for an optimistic one nil to the Royals. I'm gonna go one one. Oh no! It's not gonna. It's not. It's not gonna be a classic. <laughs> Jonathan, um, can you go for two one win for Reading? That's a good. Yes. That's, that's a good yes, spread. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm always slightly over optimistic, but. Yeah, I think I'm going to go for a draw as well. Yeah, treat yourself. Yeah, I think we're going to go behind as well. Yeah. I'm going to say 2-2, another one like Sunderland. Just, oh, I just feel it's going to be ugly. For me, <laughs> it's, 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 it, I don't think it's going to be a spectacle. No. Uh, but it's the home record under Clement for me. Um, I think that's one of the only positives we've really had in recent weeks is we have yet to lose at home under Clement. I don't see that happening touch all the wood in the house. No, I don't think we're losing yeah. Ipswich. Well, the other thing is, I guess, really quickly, is that Clement has talked about other results and other teams and the players knowing what the other results are. Mm. So they're going to know that we are almost safe yes. and will that change the mentality of the players? It's not like previous managers where they've said, we just take the next game as it comes. Yeah, We're obviously thinking ahead. So Yeah, one knows. more game, one more push. That's all we yeah. need. We just yeah. need effort for 90 minutes. Then they minutes. can go on the beach. <laughs> yeah, then they can we play but the under-23s. You know, Cardiff <laughs> Bay, they could put the towels down and... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, they could just... like not turn up to Cardiff, provided they win. <laughs> it's so. going to be so tense and nervy, isn't it? I it is. It's, uh, like not we said, pleasant. all the games really this season, there they get an early goal, then that's one one yeah. foot in the door, really. Yeah. Um, but if Barnsley take the lead, 
that oh, creates yeah. another yeah. pressure, doesn't it? Yeah. It's not yeah. just yeah. we've got to the point of the season when it's not just our game now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If Barnsley were to take the lead, then the yeah. crowd will know. Especially if we do like the Reading mm-hmm. and concede straight after half time, which is <laughs> like our, our you know <laughs> our special like party <laughs> trick at the moment. <laughs> we're always oh, like we've worked so hard for forty five yeah. minutes, we're ahead, oh, you know, we're, we're tired. We're, we're <laughs> And it's like, oh, there you go, have a goal on us. Yeah, you know? it happens yeah. so often. It's, oh, oh, no, no I, yeah. I don't want to end on a bad it's note. Like that. <laughs> well, you know, come rain or shine against Ipswich, at least, you know, you're going to have the Club 1871 singing their lungs out of their bodies. And, um, you know, so you've Club got that to look forward to. Club Club obviously. They'll be telling obviously. us what to do. Yeah, yeah of course. Uh, <laughs> you have your script. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. That's, and, and that's our, a positive and our, note to end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they're all puppets. Yeah. <laughs> Checks at the ready. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for everyone to uh, come in. And um, thanks for listening. And I will be back next week. Cheers.